0: Start with some real basic, obvious ones today. Some natural pathways that God's given us. The first one is our body, this, the, our self, who God has made you. That is an avenue already for you to be healthy. Because well, we've been given this amazing machine called the human body. It, it includes an immune system uh, that fights disease. Uh, we've got uh, repair mechanisms that restore us to full function if there's been an. a a challenge or a fight or an injury. Uh, We've got wonderfully created uh, interconnected systems that are all designed to work together in harmony so that we can think and eat and breathe and walk and move and decide and do everything else that life involves efficiently over a long period of time. With a long life I'll satisfy them, the Bible says. And so we've got that to believe for. Listen to what the Bible says. First... First Corinthians chapter 6 it says in verse 19 do you not know that your body is a temple everyone say temple your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God you are not your own for you were bought with a price so glorify God in your body wow if you're a Christian you've given yourself to God that includes your body Not just, well, God, I'm giving you my heart. I'm giving you my soul because I'm feeling upset and I want to go to heaven, not hell. Well, that's a good decision. but, But we're meant to give our whole deal. Everything, our body. And when we do, we realize it's a temple. This is meant to house the Holy Spirit. So how should we look after it? So the first pathway to health in looking after this temple is to simply look after it properly and realize, wow, God's given this to me. And he wants his body to glorify him. I've got a responsibility, not just about enjoying life for myself. I've got a responsibility to live the longest life I can and be the healthiest I can for God's glory. I don't know about you, but if if I'm totally smashed by sickness, I'm not going to be that effective for God. And I shared last week that Ruth and I... Had a real challenge in Thailand. We were both fighting sickness, called to preach in this meeting. And we didn't back down. We carried on overcoming sickness at the time. But flip, it's a challenge sometimes. It's better when you're full of health, yeah, to do whatever you're called to do. Uh, So we should look after this temple. However, we don't always do that. Because some of us don't give our bodies enough exercise. Some people eat too much. Some people eat badly. Some people don't get enough sleep. Some people sleep too much. And any or all of these will put your body under stress. And yet the same people that do any or all of those things will wonder why they get sick. And then they'll pray and say, well, God, I want you to fix up what I've done wrong and heal me. But they're breaking or abusing the natural laws that God's put in place for us to follow. So... It's as silly as jumping off a cliff and then praying, God, give me wings, I want to fly. It's it's not a natural, you know, gravity's a law, we've got to respect it. And there are some physical laws about health, diet, exercise that we want to just work with and uh, and not abuse the body and then expect it to turn around and function properly. I had uh, a brother uh, in the church, used to come out for prayer for his knees, and God bless him, He's still alive, but he's, he's not here, so I can talk about him. Um, uh, but he was grossly overweight, and he used to pray for his sore knees. And, you know, it, he's looking for a miracle, which God can do, but a lot better to just work with natural laws. And I would struggle to pray confidently for God to heal his knees when he's putting too much stress on them. And, uh, and and so you know that's just an example of, of really needing to work with reality and then obviously we are bringing our, our life and our sicknesses or whatever challenges we've got before the Lord but we've got to work with we've got God, what God's given us. put it this way men and women I should say I'm sure women as well understand the value of vehicle maintenance all right you get your oil change ready. <laughs> I'm resisting to reflect upon that probably sexist comment. I'm guessing that there may have been a bogan reflection on women don't know much about cars, but I'm sure that that's not true. I'm not not pointing anyone out. Um, Now, you know, so you get your oil changed, you've got to check tyre pressures, you check, you know, brake fluid and coolant levels and all this sort of stuff. Uh, And and it's obvious, because you wouldn't invest money in a nice car or boat or motorcycle and then just run it into the ground. You obviously look after it and because you look after it, then it works reliably. Um, well, we just simply need to do that for this vehicle for life called a body. Uh, and and get this, it's not about how old or how young you are. Because oldies, anyone over 20, you can become a classic... Just like a classic E-type Jag or Ferrari from the 60s or Mustang or whatever you're into, they're, they're better than a modern car. So glorify God in your classic vehicle, right, mature people, and uh, and look after it. And just you know, some of those Ferraris they had rounded edges, the older ones. A lot of angles in modern cars. So I just think rounded edges, everything's just a little softer. <laughs> soft around the edges than they used to be. What a, everyone, what's this about being cut? It's about being cut. Think about being rounded. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, look, scientists are constantly discovering how amazing the body is and its ability to heal itself, including the brain. And um, have you ever been told, did you grow up thinking that you've only got so many brain cells and every time you get your brain knocked, some brain cells die and they never get replaced. Well, I played rugby and mucked around in the playground and rode motorcycles. And I thought, I'm going to be brain dead by the time I'm 40. I'll never... Uh, I'll explains it. I used to think, oh, i bump, I think, another, oh, he has another few thousand, you know, you heard that? Thousands of brain cells have died every time you bump your head. Oh, no, it's not true. Absolutely not true. Neither is it true, but you heard this one? Every compartment of the brain is completely specialised and set to govern only one part of the body. Well, that's not true either, because doctors and scientists are discovering that different parts of the brain can take over functions that another part used to look after, but is now struggling with due to injury. So one part of the brain may have been damaged, and people... That's the end of that. They've had a stroke or something and it's just stopped that part of the body working properly. The brain can rewire itself and fix itself to do that. They're calling this neuroplasticity, as you've probably heard this term. And there's one guy that's put a lot of this research together, brought it to the public, um, written a couple of books that I've skimmed through, but Ruth fortunately reads cover to cover and then just tells me all the good bits. Um, pleased please know she doesn't do that with the Bible, right? Uh, the Bible and motor- motorcycle magazines, I read cover to cover, okay, um, in that order, right? All the other stuff, I get summaries from Ruth, right, uh, or, or highlighted bits, or books, or if it's a marriage book, it's usually left by my bedside with a big, you know, arrow, you know, sort of a couple of bookmarks. Yes, dear, yes, dear, read this. At least read this chapter, you know, how husbands shouldn't be idiots. Tonight. Um but this guy, Norman Doidge, Dr. Norman Deutsch, has put together two books. The latest one's called The Brain's Way of Healing. It's a fantastic book. You should read it. And uh, he talks about all kinds of stuff, stroke victims, people struggling with uh, back pain, uh, Alzheimer's, even eyesight, things that normally you would say, oh, no, that's the way it is, the damage has been done. All kinds of injuries and conditions that would see the brain activity suffer. See different body functions deteriorate. People have found the ways for their brains to fight back rather than just give up. One example, a guy called John Pepper in South Africa, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's way back in 1968. But then he discovered, and for him it was just walking, regular exercise, vigorous walking, got through, and he goes into all the details of how the body sends messages to the brain and vice versa and it gets. Complicated. That's why you get Ruth to read it to make it simple for you. But uh, you'll figure it out, I'm sure. But basically, this guy, through just walking, uh, got his brain to restore damaged cells. So much so that all the major symptoms of his Parkinson's was reversed, and he no longer needed medication. But he was technically still under the banner of this condition. Uh, but but he was sacked from the role that he had as head of the Parkinson Society because no one believed he had it anymore. He, even though he said, no, no, I'm still working on it. And they're like, no, no, you, you, you must have faked it earlier on or something. Uh, so all these amazing things uh, that the body can do and as said, they're finding more and more about what the brain can do. And, uh, and so the message there is obviously look after our body and it'll look after us. Yeah? Um, of course, every healthy body still can suffer from an attack of sickness uh, and you can't always have your body fix itself up without some extra help because you can have you know, viruses, bacteria or an injury, even a spiritual attack that's manifested physically. But we have outside additional help available. And so the second natural pathway we've got is medicine, modern medicine. Not even modern, thousands of years. People who are clever in the medical field have come up with ways and means of assisting the body to be healthy can be preventative. Like, you know, they didn't once know that clean water was a deal or, or sterile environments for operating on people. They just had no idea. Uh, and so that's kind of obvious. We take it for granted. Um, and reducing the risk of, you know, disease and germs. And, and then there's more reactive means that medicine works, like vaccinations and anaesthetics and antibiotics and, uh, and then in surgery, incredible advancements. I can remember as a kid hearing about uh, the first heart transplant in the late 60s and I just thought, oh, that can't happen. I, I don't know if I thought it was a hoax, you know, is it April Fool's or it's just impossible. It just seems bizarre. And I'm still struggling with how they can make it work. But I also remember um, when I was younger, in the early 80s, Fiona Kunt, who's old enough to remember that name, she was the youngest Australian heart transplant Uh, recipient at the age of 14 and that heart only lasted two years but they got another one in her before that one packed it in and she's still alive today more than 30 years later. Isn't that amazing that they can put a heart in there? You don't sound amazed. Fine, I'm amazed. Just take it for granted. But listen, as Christians we've got to respect modern medicine because sadly some Christians get a little silly. They see God's promises for healing in the word and then they totally dismiss all medical assistance with terrible results. This week in the United States, the court upheld the earlier conviction for manslaughter of a couple that let their baby die, a newborn baby, two two months premature. And he was struggling to survive and could easily have been saved, but he was born at home and they refused to call emergency services. And he died within hours and they've been convicted of manslaughter. They're part of an extreme church Christian group that really are a cult. They've rejected all modern medical intervention. They rely only on prayer. They even reject all new members. So they become quite cultish and insular. And it's just a terrible tragedy and it's not the first child that suffered simply because people won't listen to what medical experts say. So we're not going to live like that. That's silly. Meanwhile, you've got someone clever, like the parents of baby Jedediah, who's here today because they got it right. They used faith and wisdom. They were smart enough to use all the wonderful facilities and expertise available at the hospital, and they needed it. But they also cried out to God, who at one point was the only one who could help him pull through. Yeah? And so you go to the doctors, but you go with faith. And you remember there's an ultimate top surgeon called Dr. Jesus who knows more than all the other experts. They're experts, but there's still a limit to human understanding. Right? So we still have a final word from God, regardless of what we're told with human understanding about a particular situation. Yeah? And then that just gets us onto the third avenue. So we've got our body... We've got medical science and medical expertise. uh, And then we have faith in God's Word. I'm talking about natural means, and you might think, well, now we're getting spiritual. Well, it shouldn't be so unnatural for us to put our faith in God and His Word, because the Bible says we are called to live by faith. So it should be part of our lifestyle, just the natural, normal way of living, to put faith in God, who knows everything, knows how we're wired, how we've been put together, and how to fix up anything that may not be working properly. And God's Word specifically has been given to us to bring His healing power to us. Let me give you a few examples from the Word. There's plenty, but I want to finish in a moment and just read a couple of verses before we close. Um, Proverbs 4, verse 20 says, "'My son, be attentive to my words, "'incline your ear to my sayings. "'Let them not escape from your sight,' Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. The Word of God brings healing to all your flesh, to every part of your body. Did you hear that? The Word of God, it brings the healing. And again, Psalm 107, verse 19 says the same thing. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them from their distress. He sent out His Word and healed them and he rescued them from the grave. So God's healing came through the word that was sent. That word can be in the Bible written. You can hear it when someone's preaching it. You can have a word spoken into your spirit from God that should align with the written word of God. It can be a prophetic word, again, lining up with the written word, the most reliable source of us hearing from God. But it's the word that brings healing. And it should come as no surprise, because one final verse, John 1.14 says the Word became flesh. Who's that talking about? Jesus is the Word. Jesus is called the Word. He's the living Word. The The Bible is all about Jesus. We read about Jesus. Because the word, word is Jesus. Right? Huh? You've served us well, but you're going to the place where all microphones go. We need to get a new one. So Jesus, his love, his grace, his truth, his wisdom, his peace, his strength, his joy, his power to heal, it's all in him. We look to him ultimately, yeah? And, and so we look to him with faith, and you'll hear more about that because Ruth will be preaching next week more about faith and over the next few weeks about the different pathways. to Ultimately, you know, Jesus is the source of all healing, even down to the fact that our body was designed by God uh, and God has given people, brains, who end up becoming medical research experts and doctors. So we give all glory to God, whichever way it comes to us. Uh, and, of course, there are specific pathways in walking with God that we'll hear more about with spiritual gifts and different prayers. As I said, Ruth will be preaching more next week on this. Tonight, Aaron Harrison is preaching, um, uh, which will be exciting at our 5 p.m. service. For, for now, we're going to finish with prayer.